1: When Raw ends, when it's time to begin It's on the Rewind A Raw with John Pollock and waiting. The eighteen that makes sense of these things We see in the ring every week on TV It's Rewind A Raw for Monday night Download a Tuesday morning from the post-wrestling site It's Rewind A Raw for Monday night On USA Now on the John and Wade Take the mic Hello everybody, welcome to Rewind A Raw Your Monday Night Delight. I am John Pollock, joined by Wei Ting to uh, discuss tonight's show from Toledo, Ohio. How are you,
0: Wei? Hey, John. I'm doing pretty good. You know, um, weather update in the city. It sucks. Oh, yeah. We got more snow today. Man, yeah. I thought we were through through this, you know. It always shocks me that, okay, you're going to have like 40 centimeters of snow. Well, here's about 20 more like i i i I mean show us some mercy please you know
1: it uh it it feels like more snow than usual although i imagine it's probably right at about the same as we get every year but nonetheless yeah it's uh, a lot of snow i've had to do a lot of shoveling over the last while
0: but uh hey is that a is that a free ali shirt you're wearing it is not no oh okay you got me this shirt this is a free little wayne <laughs> I, shirt I, I did get you that shirt i don't know why i don't know if they make free ali shirts yet they, i mean they probably that's should. probably
1: next on the list it was uh quite the topic uh throughout the weekend and tonight yeah
0: it certainly was yeah What what's your take on, on it all we haven't really spoken about it yet
1: yeah i guess i guess we have not yeah this is um i mean it's I mean, way
0: look. more interesting than i think anything uh heading into the rumble i'll say
1: yeah it's you know, I don't think that you know. With with WWE, it's it's very hard for them to justify the the need for any one specific performer, um, especially someone at Ali's level. When you have seen just the the gutting that has gone on in this company over the past uh, two years, um, you know, it's. I, I don't know if this is ultimately just going to be something where the WWE will just quietly do it on their terms and then quietly let him go as quietly as they hope it can be. Uh, Because I think prolonging this, we're at a point where it would seem like this is a damaged relationship to the point that um, are are we able to continue under these circumstances when someone has gone public, when someone has blocked our television partners, Twitter account, it just seems that this is, um, you know, just, you want I say untenable situation, but it just seems that, you know, you have a party that doesn't want to be there. You have shown a reluctance to utilize him, um, at least in a way that, that he is uh, approving of. So, I mean, it's, it just seems to me to that it would be time to just let's, let's go our separate ways. This is not years ago where the idea of letting someone go uh was going to somehow be critical. I mean, they, they have let lots of big names go and Ali would be, I, would be a valued member of your roster, but if he doesn't want to be there, I, I don't know if this is a situation that be can be reconciled. But may, maybe they're hopeful it will be.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm. I mean, it just seems kind of silly and petty. But you know, if you're the WWE, I, I mean, I do maybe understand not wanting to set the precedent of simply letting people go of their contracts when they demand it. Um, you, you I mean, have,
1: though, you, you have had people like publicly go that route and they, they have got it. So they have. it it has happened in the past, but I I do see what you mean. And I would say that there are, it's hard to say. I don't think this would lead to any kind of groundswell of similar talent. I think it's, I think it's probably like a somewhat concerning landscape out there that if you are in WWE um, two years ago, maybe you're, you're more willing to be uh, to take that plunge. Whereas now it's, it's a bit more of a mystery out there, of like where what your landing spot would be. Some some will have that confidence that they'll be fine, but others um, might might not. So I don't think we would see too many situations uh, mirroring this Ali situation. But um, yeah,
0: I don't think so. Um, I, I I mean, but you know, it ultimately just seems really petty to keep the guy. You know, when he doesn't want to be there publicly, we everybody knows he doesn't want to be there. Do you want to suffer any more PR? What exactly are you are you losing? You know, by losing Ali, I don't. Well, think- that's
1: probably the next step. Is that if this gains any kind of attention beyond just you know, wrestling fans on Twitter, if this somehow. I mean, I, I
0: think Ali actually is gaining the most from all of this. This is probably the biggest push he's had, and he, it's all being being built uh, around himself on social media that he's had this entire time. So. Whenever, whenever they they do execute, maybe they'll kind of wait for some of this buzz to die down before quietly letting him go in the next round, you know. But um, he he's at least doing building something for himself. I'm I mean, his social media is a lot of fun to follow now, just to kind of see what he'll do next.
1: Well, there you go. He's uh, he's he's constructed his own um, his own episodic programming, I guess, through uh through his online presence. Yeah. Uh, We will be uh, talking about more news items on Tuesday uh, on the post daily news update. It will actually be myself and John Sino on Tuesday. Way will be returning on Wednesday, Uh, but you can catch today's show where Way and I spent a lot of the time going over the world on GCW event uh, from Sunday that uh, I got a lot of feedback for, and you know it was an event that I think had a ton of attention over the weekend, and I think that there were compliments towards the show and and criticism towards the show. Like it seemed to be. a, a mixed bag of GCW's kind of a uh, most ambitious event to date.
0: It certainly was, uh, you know, I'll say at least from, from what I've seen it more negative than positive. And that comes from both the hardcore loyal GCW fans and also the new people that were sampling it for the first time. So we tried to do our best to maybe, you know, recap a lot of the chief um, uh, opinions coming out of the show. So do check that out, of course, at youtube.com slash post wrestling, or if you're a patron, get that directly into your podcast every day, every single day.
1: So you can check that out, and you will be able to hear Way on Tuesday night with Rewind Away, the latest edition. It is the reunion of Wei Ting, Chris Ely, and Nate Milton, because it's going to be a WCW CD that they are reviewing. And with the acclaim that came after the Slam Jam review, I had to step aside as the three of you will be chatting about WCW... What is
0: it? Christmas Brawl themes yeah it's called christmas brawl i mean i guarantee none of you guys actually have the cd in your collection uh this was a very limited release for a germany tour in 1996 that wcw had but it doesn't matter all you really need to know is that this is a cd that contains a number of i think a lot of theme songs that everybody will know including the american males disco inferno public enemy jimmy hart alex wright the nasty boys ddp a Jericho theme that apparently is not the uh, the Pearl Jam cover. So there'll be pl- plenty to talk about with uh, our WCW experts, uh, or at least WCW wrestling theme experts, and Chris from LA, the professor, making his return to the airwaves uh, officially, I should say. And also uh, Nate Milton. So I'm looking forward to that a lot.
1: Yes, if you did not hear the Slam Jam review, I thought this was one of the best reviews. Uh, it was fantastic stuff, so I'm looking forward to... The follow-up, will they be a one-hit wonder or will they put out another gold album on Ooh. Tuesday night? We will find out.
0: Pressure's on. All right.
1: Uh, the week will continue with our regular slate of shows. Thursday, we've got a new Bushby and Thompson uh, wrestling, ex- wrestling adventure as they will be. Man, we've got experiences. We've got adventures. Uh, they will be uh, joined by Jeremy Lambert from Fightful to review No Way Out 2003. From Montreal, Quebec, so that will be uh on the docket for them on Thursday. Friday, we've got rewind Smackdown on the eve of the Royal Rumble, and then Saturday night, Way and I are live for our double double ice cap and espresso members of the post wrestling Cafe immediately after the Royal Rumble with our post show to go through the entire event, all of the winners and taking your phone calls with reaction to the big event happening on Saturday, not Sunday,
0: yeah, yeah, did you just mention the Rumble pool, John? No, I was going to ask you about the Rumble Pool, which is now open. Now open, everybody. Again, we want to thank Chris Angler for uh, taking his time to start and, you know, kind of tally all your votes a, a little bit later. But yes, entries are open for the annual post-wrestling Royal Rumble Pool. Postwrestling.com slash Rumble is where you can get all of your picks in by Saturday at 3 p.m. That's when 3 p.m. Eastern. That's when the uh, deadline's close. So, Get all your your entries in, and then we'll announce the winner a week from now, next week.
1: That's right. Winner will be announced uh, next Monday, so it's free to enter. Go to postwrestling.com slash rumble to enter. just takes a couple of minutes to make your picks on uh, winners, surprises, entry numbers, all of that great stuff. And then we'll have the stats next week to go through. Mm -hmm. Always always a fun rundown, uh, especially the spelling mistakes. That's always my favorite part every year. All right, the whole schedule can be found up at postwrestling.com. It's a, uh, a loaded week, as usual, so go check out all of that stuff. And we are going to get into tonight's review for the Go Home Raw before the event on Saturday. Uh, WrestleTix reporting over 6,300 tickets out for this event at the Huntington Center in Toledo, Ohio. And prior to Raw, those in Toledo got to see a main event taping. Veer did not make it to main event this week, but in his place, LA Knight. Defeating Cedric Alexander and T-Bar going over Roderick Strong.
0: Okay, interesting. Hmm, interesting. Anytime you hear about names, you know, popping up from NXT, what what it might mean for them, you know, those two in particular, LA Knight and Roderick Strong, you know, are, are holdovers from the Black and Gold era, and Roderick, Roderick Strong, Strong recently uh, losing a match, um, you know, relatively high high profile match, lost his title. Could he be an entry? It could either of these two be an entry in a rumble.
1: Uh, any of them could be entries. That's always possible. Um, I, I would, they be called up. Yeah, I would, I would say like if they're up, um, obviously they're there to at least get a look, but we, we've seen plenty of people that have come up for main event and it's not materialized into anything. Um, I, I've said before, I think like Roderick strong coming to the main roster. I think that would be a very, a very difficult transition. I just, I, I do not see him breaking through on Raw or SmackDown. I would love to be wrong, but I think that there's just factors uh, against him that I would I would think that NXT is probably the best placement for him if he is going to be in WWE.
0: Mm-hmm. I agree.
1: Getting on to the show, we were kicking things off with a weigh-in. Adam Pierce and Corey Graves are inside the ring. Bobby Lashley comes out with MVP, and then Heyman comes out to introduce Lesnar. The whole crowd is chanting along for the introduction of Lesnar, who comes out jeans, flannel, and a cowboy hat. hmm Yeah. What do you think of the look? Every, every week, I think this guy gets so excited for, what am I going to wear this week? Oh, he- Is this an overalls week? Am I going to like wear... Like I'm imagine this guy's going to come out some week in like spandex head to toe. You
0: yeah. think so? You think yeah, he'll, he'll with a cowboy hat. Maybe a mask of some sort. Um, okay. You know like a like a Walder's mask or like a Maybe I don't a backpack? <laughs> like, A For little tiny shoulder? backpack? Yeah. Oh, what, like a Jansport? Yeah.
1: <laughs> maybe like that, that that remember the the one the Gap used to sell where it would go yeah. around like diagonally? across diagonal
0: backpack yeah like it, was, a shoulder a di-
1: bag it, it was it was a one shoulder but it was a diagonal so it goes over the shoulder but then it goes down
0: <laughs> maybe the is like the hot with,
1: thing the gap was selling around like 2000 maybe
0: did you ever have the clock backpacks i backpacks don't even with a know clock?
1: what a why would i ever look to my backpack <laughs> for a clock
0: i mean it's more so when you put the clock down you get to have a or when you put the backpack down you have a clock or, of course, it helps uh, everybody else tell time behind you. So maybe B- Brock Lesnar, maybe it will be Clock Lesnar. Okay. I've told this story
1: before, but my worst experience with a backpack was when uh, I was working at Canada's Wonderland. And this is when once a year they would do a live electric circus at Canada's Wonderland. So there, uh, Love Inc. was playing live. So I finished my shift. It's about 11 p.m., And all my friends want to go to the electric circus uh, portion. So we all went and I just threw all my stuff into my backpack and just was wearing my backpack. And it's just a sea, a sea of people. Now, me being a fool in the back pocket of my backpack, I put my wallet. And so while I was Uh in this crowd, someone like without my knowledge, just opened it, saw my wallet there. They took everything except they left me my bus ticket to get home. They physically let, like ripped out a bus ticket to leave for me wow, to get one home. One bus
0: ticket. Wow. But
1: but don't have any sympathy for this asshole. Took my took all my money which was a given, took my health card, took all my cards and that was the killer. I probably lost like 30 40 bucks. Big deal, but the cards the always the biggest pain in the ass. I had to go get my driver's license. Had to go get my health card.
0: Yeah, if the dude was considerate enough to rip a bus ticket, to these leave bus tickets were
1: in the wallet. So when yeah. I open it, all I see is a ticket. So he at least left the ticket there, or he had no use for the ticket. But you have no use for my health card. You can't take exactly. my. You can't use my driver's license. I mean, so it's like take the did, money, but leave my cards. Did you have a credit card? And no, then,
0: this was before I had a credit card. I was only like fifteen sixteen at the time, so I mean, come on, like take the cash and then leave everything else. What the hell is are you gonna do with all, all of that stuff be, so if you be a considerate theft, yeah, if you're listening right now, fuck you,
1: yeah, exactly, just like Way said.
0: I know if, if love Wei, ink
1: love, it, love ink. yeah, yeah,
0: <laughs> that's your first warning right there being in a well. sea of love, ink faint.
1: Well, I'll tell you, Chris uh, Shepard. I looked into that wallet, and I could not see the sunshine.
0: <laughs> I don't even know that
1: that one. That was that was actually their new hit that summer in uh, two thousand.
0: That they were. It was <laughs> it was it was, five, it was not the
1: it was not the level of people, superstar
0: or uh, Broken Bones. Two people listening would even know. What, if you, I mean, if you five, listen
1: if you listen to Broken Bones and Superstar, it's it's like the exact same beat. It's pretty much the same song.
0: I think five people listening know what even Love Inc is. Three people they, know who Chris is. They, they had a minute. Is.
1: They had a minute here in Canada.
0: One person knows that song. Okay, well, th- dude, this place was packed
1: for Love, Inc. Packed. This was, the, this was like when Electric Circus was a, a big deal on Friday nights. Okay, moving on right. to the weigh-in. Uh, Lesnar's out in his cowboy hat. That's how we got off on that tangent. And Lashley weighs in at 273 pounds. There is apparently no weight limit here well over the heavyweight limit. And then Lashley, uh, MVP says that Lashley is going to gain weight. He is going to gain the exact number of pounds that title weighs because he's going to win it. And then Lesnar, taking the cowboy hat off, weighed 286 pounds. So this would have been a way more entertaining Raw if they all had an hour to lose the remaining weight to hit 265 for this championship fight. But that was not the case. And that was it. This was our weigh-in. It was... um. It was better than that uh, that Cody mishap last year, but mm-hmm. uh, I can't say this was all that eventful either. It was it was really just the most standard way in. Um, but we got a promo from Lashley. He says this will be the shortest run of Lesnar's career as champion, and that's not a prediction; it's a spoiler. And Lesnar responded, dreaming up the headline of Lashley winning this title, but it would be calling him Bobby Who.
0: Hmm. Yeah. You know, I I think coming off of in everybody's memory the that Cody a go go segment, I mean the bar for these weigh in segments is very low, and I think all we ask is that we have a a scale that is easy enough to read, that isn't that doesn't require manual uh balancing in the midst of a bouncy ring with a bunch of people in it.
1: The bar w- is high for these weigh ins in pro wrestling.
0: <laughs> yeah, the WWE like. It, say what you will about them they, they got their production figured out okay they had a little base inside the the ring for this uh scale to stand on it was the type of scale that just like you know it's like a farm scale you just like get on top of it and it tells the you exactly toledo what the scale
1: way is. in toledo
0: there you go exactly yes
1: good scale great <laughs> great scale one of the best yeah top yeah. top top three scales <laughs> used in pro wrestling
0: yeah um, you know, like there was. You're right. There wasn't much to take away from this. It was just a way to, you know, remind you, hey, this match is happening. Here's these these two guys face to face. Brock, though, did have a closing line here that, I mean, I didn't think was was really that scathing at all. Like his Bobby whole, who? his whole thing was like he he gave his opponent a visual of him winning. He's like, oh, let's say the day after, it's on the newspaper. Brock Lesnar submits to the Hurtlock but it's going to read Bobby who, I mean, you just gave your opponent a wonderful visualization of him winning the championship. And, but like your burn is, is the fact that, um, somehow this newspaper won't know his name. I'll take that. You know, I'd, I'd I'd win the championship if the newspaper misprints my name. So, I mean, all I'm saying is I didn't think it was that great of a dig from Lesnar. Queen
1: Zelina versus Bianca Belair. Um, we had several promos on this show of the uh, various people, uh, not exactly explaining how or why they are going to win the Royal Rumble, just that they will. So these were these were very short, but we always say about you know promos for the Rumble, these were fine throughout well, the
0: well, night. What were they supposed to say? How? How? Or why, about how or why? I mean, how, they, how they, they just
1: they, they just felt very um, mechanical, just in their, You know, they had ten seconds. I mean,
0: but. Whatever, we'll take it. The promos now, you can't compare them to to the '80s when you know these segments were were the standard. And I mean, rewatching an old Rumble is is partially a lot of fun because you get these kind of fast cut, everybody giving you a glimpse of their personality like in in ten seconds. But the promos these days, every all of them just kind of sound generic, and all of them kind of sound the same. Nobody really has that much of a unique personality.
1: So it's Belair and Zelina Vega, and Belair caught her with this waistlock and spun her down the crowd. Crowd was very strong throughout this show. Um, EST chance for Belair and drops Zelina with a boot, and Zelina turns a vertical suplex while she's in the air, comes down into a stunner. Vega gets stopped on the turnbuckle, and as Belair lifts her for a military press, Vega transitions to the back and gets her hooks in, is dropping elbows, and is applying a choke. But Belair is able to land on her feet out of a -a tilt-a-whirl. And then there's a vertical suplex while she's, you know, lifting her, her legs up, showcasing her athleticism. Handspring lands on the knees, blocks the code red, and from there hits the KOD in three minutes and 46 seconds. I thought this was actually like a pretty entertaining match for what it was. It got to showcase Belair's athleticism, which is always impressive. And Vega is so light. That you can do a whole lot with her, and I came away with this like this was like a fun little four minute TV match. Certainly more than I expected.
0: Yeah, I agree. It was good. Yeah, mm-hmm. it got to showcase Belair's strength. It showed showed off, I think, her charisma in her offense as well. And at this point, you know, they're really trying to make the push for Belair being a front runner for the Rumble. Um, honestly, outside of, well, do you want to talk about the uh, Fightfuls report about Ronda Rousey possibly being uh, uh, making a return at the Rumble? Um, Does she suddenly take over Bel Air's um, spot as maybe the most likely candidate to win? Uh,
1: I think that that is certainly going to be uh, one of the options people uh, look at. Um, yeah, so Fightful had, had the report about kind of WWE having, you know, plans of, you know, hopefully having Rousey available, but not outright uh, confirming if she'll be at the Rumble on Sunday. Uh, Dave Meltzer had a follow-up that she is definitely on the books for WrestleMania and if she's going to be part of WrestleMania um, this Saturday would be the time to do it. I like you have the, um, you have the wiggle room that you don't have to go. Like you have two championship matches to build and you can go different ways.
0: Well, uh, is the- Ronda going to go to Saudi Arabia though? If she's not going to, I mean, cause the other uh, winner to go to the rumble will have to be determined at Saudi Arabia.
1: Um, I, if they have a plan for, for mania, I don't think, Rousey would have reservations about going to
0: Saudi Arabia. You think Ra- you think Rodda would go like you know, dressed in you know the the full the t shirt. If you remember when they
1: were doing, I think it was the it was the second show um, in 2018. Um, she got a lot of publicity uh, for defending the WWE going and thinking like like thinking that it was the right thing to do. So I don't think she would have the aversion to
0: uh, doing it. Very interesting. Okay. So now we, we at least have two possible candidates, but you know, Bellar certainly is the one that they're pushing on TV.
1: Yeah. I would, I would say going into this, um, you know, with, with the Sasha injury that automatically, yeah, Rousey pro- probably becomes most people's, uh, you know, at least an expectation to be there to at least shoot an angle, if not outright win it. Mm-hmm. And it, and if you were setting this up, what would be the scenario for Rousey for WrestleMania?
0: Okay, well I mean obviously the the Becky singles match is one we've never had, but at the same time I mean Bianca <laughs> is supposed to be the one to get that revenge on Becky. Do we get another three-way? You know, I guess that would have that would prevent um Ronda from needing to win the chamber. Uh on the SmackDown side of things, who do we have? You know, Charlotte. It's Charlotte
1: um, and everyone else.
0: Okay, so I mean Ronda Charlotte doesn't sound that attractive. Um
1: like it would, it would certainly. If you were positioning uh, Rhonda w- with Becky, it would make a whole lot more sense why they have been so adamant about keeping Becky in this role.
0: Sure, yeah. I mean, I I would figure it would be setting up a Bianca win. I mean, that is yeah. The story. I, I mean, that's
1: that's been the whole direction. Um, you you could do the three way. You could also have Belair get her shot before. You also have two nights at, at WrestleMania, so a lot of different ways that, oh, that you Bailey. Can, Figure Bailey that out. Return? I I think Bailey should would be in in p- the picture as well for sure.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: All right. Let's uh, continue on here with uh, Kevin Patrick meeting with Kevin Owens, and they brought up they they were all over this this week about Kevin Owens ending Damian Priest's one year unbeaten streak where he had not been pinned. So Patrick asks him about faking an injury. Owens said his opinion is moot and that he fought through the pain. And he just kept fighting, like his shirt says. And Kevin Owens is getting a title shot tonight. One week after a non-title victory, he is getting the title shot already.
0: All right, cool. This is remarkably quick.
1: He didn't have to go through uh, the Shotzi, Tegan Knox multiple wins, or uh, didn't have to go through an academic challenge. He just pinned the
0: guy, and he's getting a title shot. Consider himself lucky. They remember.
1: So Damian Priest, Kevin Owens for the U.S. title. Owens goes for the stunner early, goes for a cannonball early. All of this is stopped. Uh, he comes back with a senton off the apron and lands on the knee. And Priest slams him onto the edge of the apron. And Owens then recovers, goes for a frog splash after the break and hits uh, gets his huge near fall off of the frog splash. Owens pretends that his arm is hurt. But this week, Priest is not buying into it. And it's all a ploy. Owens catches him, gets a roll up for two. And this upsets Damien, that the rules are not being honored. Damien is here, the announcers state. And he starts attacking Owens in the corner. The referee's trying to get in between them. Priest keeps coming back. He's dropping elbows. And finally, the bell is called. Kevin Owens wins by disqualification because Damien defeats Priest internally.
0: I don't know if this crowd was like booing the finish, which they should, because this is uh, this is the worst finish. Well, we just saw it with Natalia, um, except Natalia didn't have you know an alter ego to blame that we know of. <laughs> You're right that we know of. Um, yeah, I hate this finish. Um, anyway, so um, I I th- I heard the crowd boo this, and I'm I mean I don't know about you, John, but like for me, I. I got, I kind of felt like this crowd was turning on Damian Priest in this match, and they were pro-Kevin Owens. I think it's um, just—I think
1: it, it, it's um, more upsetting to a crowd when it's actually—like, this was turning into, like, a nice match, and you had also gone enough time where it's just that that groan you get at the end where it's not heat, it's just— it it just feels like a real lazy way to get out of things, and it's kind of becoming commonplace with Damian Priest that they can do this type of finish with this, uh, with this internal struggle that they're uh, doing, and it just seems to be one that it's going to elicit this kind of reaction. Where I don't think it's the reaction you're looking for; it's more so a general just um, being upset with the nature of the booking of this.
0: So. Toledo, I, you know, it, it's kind of hard for me to tell exactly what the intent is. But if they did this match in like a New York City or Toronto or you know one of the the, the, the marquees, smart marquee cities, I mean, this is a perfect recipe for a double turn. I think I think Damian Priest is at the point now where everybody's getting pretty sick of the. I mean, the gimmick has its moments, but for the most part, finishes like this I don't think do you know they don't do him any favors. And Kevin Owens is such a tremendous performer. On SmackDown, he he and Rollins were playing babyfaces, and it worked to a T because in ring they are so spectacular. When he's wrestling on Raw, he doesn't change his style at all. He's the guy working hard; everybody can tell. I mean, Priest works hard too, but Owens is next level. He's taking big risks every single time. He's like really putting his body on the line to entertain the audiences. And I I mean, this crowd, if they're if they weren't already doing it here, they're they're, they're certainly ready to accept him as a babyface.
1: Uh, Rhea Ripley did a promo. She's got a score to settle with Ricky, uh, with Ricky, with Nikki, but is focused on the Rumble. She'll win at any cost. Dana thinks it's her year, and she's going to ride the wave of this momentum that brought her the twenty four seven title to win on Saturday. Those are her words. And Liv Morgan says she went from a girl just happy to be here to taking the Raw Women's Champion to the limit. I'm going to win and become the new champ. Watch me. We will. Damien is scolded by Sonia Deville for disobeying the referee and is threatened with a fine or a suspension. He needs to get it under control. So maybe once Alexa is done doing these therapy sessions, Damien is going to go get uh, some, some help for this Damien issue with
0: Priest. God, I hope not. I, I can't stand another round of these therapy things.
1: They're really riding them out, and none of them have been amusing, entertaining. They're very dull. Rhea Ripley, Dana Brooke, and Liv Morgan against Carmella, Tamina, and Nikki Ash. So we got promos from Carmella, Tamina, and Nikki Ash. They're all going to win the Royal Rumble. Uh, Ripley went for a Northern Lights suplex on Tamina, and the save was uh, rather late here, uh, but a kickout nonetheless. Ripley snaps, applies the inverted cloverleaf and gets the submission, and uh, submits So Carmella. she
0: snapped, but ended up winning the match.
1: No, that's because uh, Rhea and Ripley, they're on speaking terms. They're, they're okay <laughs> with one another. 2.22, um, yeah. and then Nikki struck Ripley and then ran away.
0: Quick match, you know, pretty, for, I mean, two minutes, you know, what can you say? Just a way to put the spotlight on Rhea versus Nikki.
1: Kevin Patrick hosted the academic challenge between Alpha Academy, who came out first. Uh, A lot of heat here for uh, Alpha Academy, in particular, Chad Gable for insulting the education level of Toledo. And they announced they have entered the Rumble. RK Bro come out. They were cheered. And we're going to have a spelling bee. So Otis is up first. The guy who was all nervous about this spelling bee last week. He got the word A mental. And he has asked for it in the form of a sentence, and he gets the spelling correct. So
0: Otis is on the board. With the idea that, like, since it's food, like a mental cheese, he he immediately knows it. Amazing,
1: yes. So then Riddle gets calibration, and he is asking for the, the sentence, and then he asks, Can you put it in the order of the letters for me? Ha ha ha. But then it clicks for him. It's like how I calibrate my scale. And there he is able to spell out calibration. And mm-hmm. he is there. Well, he should have let the weigh-in segment, maybe. Yes, he is. It is 1-1. This, this, I, I feel like the timing of it all, Riddle on the weigh-in, could have been a possibility at one point.
0: Oh, okay. You mean even the Fight Network weigh-in? I mean your weigh-in. Yeah, the real weigh-in. Yeah, yeah I don't know. I'm not sure.
1: Gable is given the word dissolution and he confuses it with dissolu- dissolution
0: <laughs>
1: this, is, this is you can see the the trouble this that he had this here this is
0: pretty clever
1: i i thought for like the humor part i was like that's that is kind of clever like it's a very uh very similar sounding word and gable refused to hear the the proper context in the sentence Because he already knows the definition of it. He's too smart for Kevin Patrick. So he spells out dissolution and is then informed the word is dissolution. And he loses. He gets it wrong for the team.
0: Yes, he did. Yeah.
1: Orton is last and gets a word that is often misspelled, he is warned. Dumbbell. How else would you spell dumbbell? I I did not think... like. There are words out there that, yeah, there are ones that are often misspelled. Dumbbell. Like, I guess maybe some people think there's one B in there, but this is not what I would classify as um, a tough word that
0: people uh, scratch their head over. I guess not. Like, uh, I I don't know. Did they want to just give Orton a softball? Maybe.
1: <laughs> okay, you've got a spell on live television, okay? We're going to give you <laughs> one that you absolutely will nail. Uh, so he gets it, and... Asks Ohio if you want him to shut Gable's mouth. And dude, this crowd just eating out of their hands. He challenges Gable to a match. The crowd goes nuts, cheers, and Orton calls Gable the most unintelligent man in this ring and spells out how he's going to beat him with an RKO.
0: Dude, the crowd, they love this. Ate this up. Absolutely. Yeah. Randy Orton, honestly, like in most cities, he really can do no wrong. You know, like I... I have my feelings about this RK bro thing, but I, I clearly, I, I think I'm in the minority, because a lot of people seem to love it. Uh, and it works every single time, these tag matches that we've seen over and over, and segments like this, somehow they work. You know, but this was overall... Listen, everybody, this was not something that was a re- remarkable, won't make any best of lists, okay? But it was fun, I thought it was easy to digest, relatively harmless... It it beats a regular standard talking segment, I suppose, that you might get from from this group. Uh, People
1: a- might scoff at this, and it's like it's very simple. This is, we're not reinventing storytelling with the with this RK bro angle. But I think like coming off something so extreme as we did last week with the Cody promo, like there is something <laughs> about dude. Like this is just <laughs> what so a comparison. Okay, but like this is like this is like feeding pablum to an audience but they eat it up they react big you know what the story is they care about this team like sometimes pro wrestling it does not have to be calculus it can just be basic arithmetic and it can work like you don't want all yours sometimes you want to be challenged as the viewer but at the same time i think at times you can severely overthink wrestling and think and your audience is not thinking at the same level you are, how deeply invested you are in your
0: stories and characters. They're clearly catering to different audiences. I mean, I don't know exactly what audience Cody is trying to cater to. Actually, I know exactly what audience Cody is trying to cater to, and it's, uh, you know, a subsection of perhaps the people that even might be listening to a podcast like this. Whereas I think this Orton segment, you know, with with the, the spelling bee. They're really trying to cast a very wide net here, like so that even you know your seven-year-old uh, to a seventy-seven-year-old might get a bit of a reaction to it. And I think there has to be a balance, John. You know, something like this is is you're not gonna certainly nobody's gonna be talking about it past you know these next few seconds on this podcast the way people are still talking about that Cody segment right now. And and you can again weigh the pros and cons about you know what what it, what intended effect you want to achieve. But certainly as far as like um. Did the audience react the way they wanted type of you know measurement? Then this one, sure, I guess you would say it was a success.
1: Yes. And then Randy Orton grabbed the microphone and he told Riddle, everyone wants me to turn heel on you and attack you to set up a program for WrestleMania, but I'm not going to turn heel on you, Riddle, because I think that we still have mileage as a team right now. There's a lot of programs that we can still go through. I think the Alpha Academy stuff has legs. There will be no heel
0: turn riddle. Started talking about hip, to- cl- hip toss class. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. 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 Anyway, started referencing some weird tweet he, he made like five years ago. Yeah, I don't know.
1: Yeah. Randy, Randy does want to watch the Young Bucks and Red Dragon again. Chad Gable versus Randy Orton. Uh, they went about 13 minutes here. Um, nice match uh, between the two. Gable got dropped on the desk. And then Orton knocked Otis off the apron and that allowed Gable to recover and chop block the knee and hit that great moonsault lands on Randy for the two count. Orton comes back. The crowd's chanting RKO, draping DDT. He sets up for the RKO when Otis just launches Riddle on the floor. Orton gets caught in a backslide. And he teases the punt kick, which Gable avoids ducking and applying the ankle lock. And while in the submission, Riddle comes back and, dude, he kills Otis with this scooter. Graves calls it vehicular assault. And then Orton counters out of the ankle lock, sending Gable into the corner. He pounces out and into an RKO. Dude, this crowd, they just love this. They went were, they were nuts for this finish. And they Randy, yeah. Randy
0: wins. You know, I thought this was a really good match. I thought both men were fantastic. This crowd was really into it. Um, I mean, athletically, I think they really mesh well. Orton, I think he's really gotten away from the days where, like, you know, it's just kick, punch, kick, punch. Like, I think he's been a a really great performer. These, I mean, depending on the opponent, I have to say. But tonight, um, I thought it absolutely clicked.
1: Riddle says they get to choose the next academic challenge. I was like, the next
0: one? What did you just win? So it's going to continue. It's a, it's, next... Yeah. They mentioned it was like a triad. Remember?
1: Oh, that's you're right. He said the triad. So he's it's what two out of three and then they can get a tag title shot.
0: I suppose. Yeah. Or maybe oh they have gosh. to do all three. I don't know. You know, so, it's going to have three. Yeah.
1: So next week they're going to have a scooter race. Yeah. I don't know if that one's going to play as well as uh, the spelling bee ended up turning out.
0: You don't think so? Uh, we'll see. We will see. Hey, We watched in you know we we watched the man try to get pushed over a ring that was more entertaining than johnny
1: Knoxville's uh, appearance at the ufc card he just, just sitting there mm. uh and then when they announced the scooter race again it was a close up of otis looking very very scared he is he is not ready for these academic challenges what's uh,
0: academic to, i mean i guess that's the joke they, they
1: they explained this is uh in honor of gym class.
0: oh okay <laughs>
1: Uh, They promoted Bad Bunny's tour that starts in August. So I guess the deal is I'll do a match for you guys, and I want you to promote the rest of my career on your television, (laughs) everything I do. Okay. That's a good trade-off. Yeah. No Canadian dates, way. Not coming back.
0: I mean, listen, he could do the Destroyer, but he's not going to do the country where the move was invented? Come on.
1: Alexa Bliss is with the therapist and is asked when she first met Lily. So she told a story that she was being bullied and made fun of when she was six years old and she was on the monkey bars and the, the kids knocked her off the monkey bars and she lost consciousness. When she woke up, she saw Lily for the first time and Lily told Alexa that those girls will never come back and not to worry about them. So Alexa Bliss suffered a concussion at the age of 6 having uh an imaginary friend she woke up with that may or may have not committed murder
0: um or just some sort of weird kidnapping yeah um so this was the origin this is the lily origin you know we thought it was like created by the fiend, but turns out the fiend just, I guess, uh, unearthed these repressed memories from Alexa Bliss, right?
1: Yeah, they didn't explain that aspect of things. No.
0: Okay. Well, I mean, the, whatever. Yeah, it's just. So we're getting deeper into Lily lore here. So I mean, I certainly don't think we're we're getting rid of this character anytime soon. If anything, we're we're getting deeper into it.
1: Yeah, I think the I think these uh, these bullies. Maybe they survived. Maybe they grew up and maybe they've gone to the hip toss class.
0: Okay. Interesting. is hmm. coming to raw. Breaking news.
1: AJ Styles, uh, versus Austin theory. First, we had a uh, Vince McMahon with his weekly meeting with Austin and theory said, it felt good to destroy Finn Balor. Just like Vince asked last week. Now it's on to the Royal rumble, uh, where I'm going to win and go to WrestleMania. Um, well, that's uh, that's amazing. So, Austin Theory then tries to corrupt Vince McMahon and the Royal Rumble prestige by securing a late number from Vince. And Vince says, "Why would you think that I have any any kind of influence on that? You should be concerned about AJ Styles." And Austin Theory is somehow confused about which AJ Styles this is. Is this uh? And he lists off all the accomplishments that this AJ has acquired. And yes, that is the AJ
0: Styles. you The one you fought like two weeks ago. Yes.
1: Vince hands him the phone and says, You better bring back a real good selfie. Mm. You know, today is the anniversary of Vince McMahon winning the Royal Rumble. Oh,
0: interesting. Yes. A pretty brutal Royal Rumble. But nonetheless... Uh-huh, and um, that was what old. does that have to do with this?
1: Uh, I just, it was Vince McMahon talking about the Royal Rumble, so anyway.
0: Yeah, where are we headed here? Is this just going to be a constant thing? Is this just sort of like, um you know, Austin Theory? I, I
1: think these are all dreams that Austin Theory <laughs> is having. That's okay. my
0: theory on Austin. Maybe the whole show is a dream, John. Maybe we're dreaming right now. Could you imagine? That would be great. <laughs> that would be amazing. Suddenly though, like, you know, like somebody will, will come out of a dream sequence and wipe out the past ten years of WWE Raw. None of yeah. it happened.
1: Okay. Yeah. We uh we go right back to uh those great days of 2012, a banner year.
0: Make that twenty years then.
1: Okay. Uh, AJ Styles and Austin Theory, another lengthy match, 17 minutes they go here. Um, Theory drew Styles into the corner, knocking him into the turnbuckle, and was in control, throwing him sternum first into the buckle, hit a forward roll into a drop kick, and then later one into a blockbuster, Uh, but Styles would uh, come back with a Pele kick, Uh, ATL gets countered into a calf crusher, but Austin gets to the rope, and then... Styles goes for the phenomenal forearm and Austin knocks him off balance off the top rope, uh, just wipes out here and goes for the cover using the rope, but the referee catches theory styles, then knocks theory off and hits the phenomenal forearm on the second try wins the match. And there is no selfie for Austin theory to bring back to Vince McMahon.
0: Not this week. No, I thought the match was
1: great. This was a really, really good match. I, I, thought, I, I thought this was like a, You know, you don't get AJ Styles having too many opportunities like this on TV to go out. Um, I I thought he really led the way here, but this was, yeah, a very good match.
0: I thought it was a theory's best since his call-up. I mean, I don't think he's had too many chances to to wrestle at this length, and certainly not against opponents like AJ Styles all that often, but um, I I thought they took advantage of the time and, and had a good match here. AJ, I thought it was one of his better matches in a long while. In theory, it looked great. You know, it's easy to forget that in the midst of all these, like, strange Vince McMahon things, there's actually a great wrestler underneath. So um, here he at least got to prove it with AJ.
1: Split screen interview
0: with Becky Lynch and Dewdrop. Becky said that Dewdrop
1: idolized Becky. She paved the way for her. And I got you this title match. Dewdrop says it's going to be easy to break all of your ribs. All Becky wanted was a thank you. For Dewdrop getting this match, and Dewdrop would not give that to her. That's why she ended up slapping her in the face when she offered her hand. Dewdrop says, I will show you gratitude when you show me respect. You're not the goat, but you're a lamb being led to slaughter. And Becky says, All you were before me was a name filling out the roster before you got this match. And Dewdrop Gets up, leaves the room, and Becky just keeps going. And then Dewdrop shows up in Becky's studio area and gets into a big brawl. And Mark Henry just said, The time for talking is over. It's time for the main event. Uh huh. That was it. Mm-hmm. Pull some- apart.
0: Sorry, <laughs> AEW moment of the show with the pull apart. Yeah, some physicality at the end here. I mean, they've, they haven't had a whole lot of time, I feel, to build this one. And, I I mean, I don't know how much it, it's really supposed to mean anyway. We know Becky's very unlucky to, to lose the championship until WrestleMania at this point. Uh, and certainly w- wouldn't be against Dewdrop, But, you know, the question is, did they do enough with the time for Drop to, to make a name for herself? I mean, I I, I can't really say all that much right now. But the match, if the match is good, I think, you know, that it might uh, leave a bit more of a lasting impression. Certainly the feud between these two is not very personal, nor is it very strong. It's just a match right now. So it was fun. It's,
1: it's a holdover match. I, I think, like, these two have the opportunity to have a really nice match together on, on Saturday. But I, I don't think you're looking at it as anything deeper than sort of a, you know, a stopgap for, for, for Becky. But then we're going to go to the highlight of the show. Sarah Schreiber is with father and son, Ray and Dominic Mysterio. And it's the biggest news on the entire show. Ray Mysterio will grace the cover of the next 2K video game. And Sarah just wants to know Ray's reaction to this huge honor being bestowed upon him. And Ray calls it such a dope moment. And he compares being on the cover of this video game to being a WWE champion or in the Hall of Fame. Why? Because the game is so fire. (laughs) But one day, Sarah, I want to see Dominic on the cover. Count me in, Ray, because so do I. (laughs) Dominic, yeah, I've been playing these games since I was a kid, but I've got to build my own legacy By winning the Royal Rumble. And Ray goes, yeah, but son, you're not going to throw me out, right? If you said you're going to win the Rumble, that would mean you'd have to eliminate me. Dad, after that stunt you pulled last week, you're going to be the first to go. No, no, son. No, no, he's just playing. He's just playing. Yeah, the video game and you, Pops. Saturday, you get fucked. Oh, I am oh. gonna be so excited when Dominic eliminates Dad on on Saturday. They're totally mm. gonna to do this spot.
0: So definitely, yeah.
1: This I'd was th- the greatest the greatest commercial for for 2K. This is gonna resurrect this fledgling franchise after some rough games.
0: I have to say, I feel like, you know, year over year, it feels like Dominic is getting younger and younger in these <laughs> recaps. And Ray older and older, actually. So But this was such a dope moment. <laughs> it was fire, John. It yeah. was so
1: fire. So fire. The Mysterios took on the Street Profits. Um, Dude, this had some problems in it. So Dominic goes for, like, a wheelbarrow to Dawkins, but his legs don't get, like, underneath the the arms. And so Dawkins, from, like, the middle of the ring, has to pretty much propel himself towards the ropes and to the floor. It was uh, quite the effort here that uh, Dawkins had to undertake. And then Ford goes to back body drop Ray to the floor. And, dude, Ray is coming down at this rough angle. And Dominic, dude, Dominic saved Dad here. He just caught him. So D- Dominic for the win here.
0: I mean, it's all the setup, um, el- the elimination. on to, Saturday. Uh,
1: Incredible Topicon hero here from Montez Ford. Um, and then uh, we have... Uh, commercial break Dawkins is in control of uh, Dominic who hits a tornado DDT uh, tags Ray Ray had this kind of awkward tilt-a-whirl head scissors with Ford but they finished it seated senton. they set up for the double 619 but Dawkins yanks uh, Dominic out of the ring Ford catches the 619 by Ray places him on the shoulders but Ray counters with a victory roll pinning Montez Ford but then afterwards we get the table's turned and Dominic comes from behind Ray to throw him over the top. But Ray instinctually head scissors Dominic over the top and Dominic ends up on the floor. Screwed up here. Mm. Ford then comes and throws Ray over the top and then Dawkins throws Ford over the top rope. Rude and Ziggler run in to send Dawkins over the top. All six fight and Ziggler and Rude end up on the floor so this is how the royal rumble works if you're in the ring and you get thrown over the top you're eliminated did you get that
0: yeah i did Uh uh-huh yeah so is dominic Um,
1: gonna eliminate ray on saturday sure why not i think they're gonna go back they were teasing that feud and then they just abruptly stopped it so maybe this is uh this is gonna be the i don't think you have
0: any feud coming out of this from an elimination i mean it's just they're they're teasing Dominic
1: eliminates Ray because he's pissed. Why am I not on the cover with you?
0: Um, is it because I be... don't have
1: a mask, Dad? Well, I guess I need to get a mask from
0: you. Oh, okay. There you go. Yeah, you might be uh, having to you know fantasize about that a, a little longer. I don't think we'll be getting that this year. But um, I mean, none of these four, five, six have have a chance anyway.
1: So then uh, we go to Kevin Patrick with uh, Seth Rollins. He's going to be on SmackDown Friday. Uh, Why, Seth? Uh, Because we did a really great rating on Friday, and we're going to continue it this week. So there you go. Shawn Michaels, on the other hand, will be on Raw Talk, uh, which has already happened. I imagine it was not earth-shattering. And the final segment sees the ring all set up for Marisa's birthday celebration. And the Miz is in the ring. They have uh, blown-up photos of their family, gifts. Cake you know where that's going. And out comes Maurice and Miz has her open the first gift and it's a painting identified as an original Schomberger of the oh. Miz and Maurice as a prince and princess.
0: Yeah, it looked amazing.
1: Miz states he has hired top-of-the-line security that they have on the floor so no one can intrude. He has also checked the ceilings for a bloodbath. There will be none of that, no Edge, no Beth Phoenix. So, so Miz has gone through the booking playbook here. Uh, there is a large gift in the ring that Miz did not get for Maurice. He thought Maurice got it for him. So everyone is thinking, what is inside this giant human-sized box? They open it. And it is the brick that Maurice used on Beth Phoenix last week. And Miz is laughing at all of the people and says, we will always be a step ahead of Edge and Beth Phoenix. They replayed the brick attack. And then Miz wants everyone to stand up and sing Happy Birthday. This piano (laughs) begins to play over the speakers. And Miz, with just the most dreadful rendition of Happy Birthday. I, I thought Miz was... You know, there's some segments you're just, like, people are not going to enjoy Miz. But for what this was, I thought Miz was so great.
0: He's very funny. You know, you can, I think, always count on him to, to play the heel in segments like these. It's where he shines. And, uh, yeah, I thought that he did an un- inappropriately very good job. The two of them are great.
1: Happy birthday gets cut off by Edge's music. He comes out with Beth, and they look pissed. And then Edge announces... That we are pissed. And they are not going to be stopped by security. They beat the hell out of security. Beth scoop slams a dude. There was one guy. That sprinted at Beth. Who sidestepped. And this dude. His head went through the steps. I imagine he's still out. He went so hard into these steps. There is there is a, a, a. It does not go. Uh, appreciated enough. Some of these security extras. <laughs> And the bumps they take like someone wants to make a highlight video of some of the greatest security extras and what they have taken.
0: It's remarkable. I mean, for many of them, this is their moment. They're one time to, to be a part of a WWE segment.
1: They destroy the birthday set. And then Beth hits a spear. Then Edge hits a spear, which the camera is like the camera like misses this spear. It like cuts away. Then they hit a heart attack. The camera screwed that one up. Very poor directing here. Um, And then they hit a tandem 3D. And the final spot was one of the Tate twins. Uh, One of uh, the former boys uh, was in here. Hmm. I don't know if it was Brent or Brandon Tate. I I hate not being able to tell twins apart because I have that Jey Uso promo now to remind me. uh, The one Hmm. day we're going to hear from that. And Edge just power bombs him through the table with the cake on it. And that is how things ended. So I thought a fun segment to end the show.
0: Yeah, I think ended the way you expected. Um, gave you the most physicality we've had in the segment so far. At least you know, in in, in the form of seeing Edge and Beth Phoenix team up. The fact that they did tag team maneuvers has me actually really excited. Beth coming out with her guns was probably the most impressive visual here. You know, this was uh, um, the type of Beth Phoenix we haven't seen in a long, long time. So I that that has me pretty excited, and to see creatively what the two of them have in store. Um, if this was any indication, we might be seeing a few tributes on Saturday. So I thought it was a very successful segment that you know, uh, like made them look like complete favorites, and Miz and Maurice, especially Maurice, I guess you know, being definitely um uh, justifiably scared.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it was a good angle to to set up the match for Saturday. So. Uh, just to look, uh, before we go to feedback, at the uh, the lineup for Sunday. So these are the participants, okay, way in, in the Rumble matches as of now what we've got. So for the men's match, Street Profits, The Mysterios, Austin Theory, Johnny Knoxville, Sheamus, Damian Priest, AJ Styles, Big E, Corbin, Madcap, Sami Zayn, Kofi Kingston, Kevin Owens, Omos, Randy Orton, Riddle, Alpha Academy, Ziggler, and Rude. So they have 22 participants Announced for the men's match. Women's match has 21 announcements with Rhea Ripley, Nikki Ash, Dana Brooke, Carmella, Zelina, Tamina, Shotzi, Natalia, Aaliyah, Naomi, Shayna Baszler, Charlotte Flair, The Bellas, Lita, Michelle McCool, Kelly Kelly, Summer Ray, Mickey James, Bianca Belair, and Liv Morgan. So nine slots open for the women and eight slots for the men.
0: Yeah, still a lot of room for surprise, and you know, um, I think tells you that they they feel confident enough that the surprises are going to be big enough that they feel comfortable announcing names like Mickey James and Michelle McCool and Summer Rae and Kelly Kelly, I suppose, so and Lita and the Bella Twins. So, um, we we'll wait to see who who those might be. Yes, and uh, we'll chat about the Rumble more uh,
1: later this week uh, as we preview the show, but let's go on over to some feedback. And
0: Some, I mean, say? you mean by some, you mean one piece it's, of It's
1: feedback. our usual raw feedback, so uh, Way, you do the honors.
0: All right, this comes from Kate, who, of course, joined me on Rewind of SmackDown last week, so if you want to get some of her thoughts and our thoughts on last week's edition of SmackDown, check that out in the post-wrestling Patreon archives right now. Kate says... Seems like just yesterday I was talking away about how stupid a wrestler looks when they accidentally get themselves disqualified by going a little too crazy with the violence. In fact, it was Friday. Damien Priest is the latest victim of this poor booking decision, and it doesn't work for him any more than it did for Natalia or Charlotte or anyone else. Too bad because it tainted an otherwise very enjoyable match between Priest and Owens. Although there was some great in-ring work, especially from Styles and Theory, why does that sound like a textbook of some kind? <laughs> this, do- this didn't really have the kind of energy I'd expect from the go-home episode of the Royal Rumble. In fact, the Rumble matches themselves feel like the least important part of the show, with much more focus being put on the title defenses and the grit-it match. Do you think we see any title changes this weekend? I'm thinking no, but maybe Lashley could win. I just struggled to see Lesnar accepting a loss on his first title defense.
1: Well, I mean, your your options are one of them drops a title, and you go to reigns and lesnar after this for one title or like the title versus title scenario and if you are looking at like what would be the biggest um match to do with reigns and lesnar it's each having a title like that increases the stakes to kind of justify another match between them but it creates a lot of problems then on your on your raw
0: side it does and also what do you do for the two nights
1: well that's it i mean if if they have something big um I, i don't think it's like this um, detriment to not have a title match on one show. Um, but yeah, I I think there's there's that thinking uh, as well. I just I'm not a big fan of seeing Reigns or Lesnar lose at the moment, and it just seems it will be one of those that they get way too clever of of how they get get out of it to have to give one of them a loss. Like n- neither should really be losing before that match that they have.
0: I can see one causing the other to lose or the Usos being involved somehow, or maybe this is when we get our uh, Paul Heyman shenanigans, whatever they were supposed to be. And uh, somehow he causes uh, a a title change. But I I think it's, to me, it's actually kind of likely that we see, in my opinion, Lesnar lose.
1: Yeah. I I think like there's interest in both, both matches though. I think Mm -hmm. like there's, you know, a lot of interest in those two title matches because of the different scenarios you can go. Uh, The rumble matches are what they are. I think like it's, it's, it's going to have a lot. There's going
0: to be interest interest in the rumble simply because it's the rumble. We have the surprises, you know, and there's stakes attached to the winner. It's a clear direction for mania. So
1: the tag's um, been built up pretty well as uh, on on top of it. Like, I think they've done like a pretty good job of uh, building up the, up this rumble. They've got like, it's over like 31,000 tickets now that, that are out. So it's going to be a big crowd on Saturday in
0: St. Louis for me. Like, I mean, the job is mainly to being done by the name of the rumble itself. But of course, um, Lashley Lesnar, I think, has has received a pretty good build. I think Roman's Roman and Rollins is a good match on paper with um you know, okay build so far. Um we'll see what they do on Friday, but on paper it's a good looking show, I think.
1: Yeah, what what do we have beyond uh those matches? Like Edge and Beth Oh Phoenix. yeah, and Be- Be- yeah, we mentioned the tag with those two. It's been a good build. And then Becky and Dewdrop. So six matches that have been announced so far. But I mean two of those matches you're looking at being, you know probably in the neighborhood of an hour. So mm-hmm. that's probably your your whole lineup save for like a kickoff match that they throw on there.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I think I think this is, you know, the rumble people always come back for just again, because it's always the rumble is usually very well booked. It's entertaining. It gives you some some direction for, for the future. So um you know maybe even most of the WrestleMania I, I can see the casuals popping in. All right. Well that's going to uh wrap things up. So again on Tuesday uh you will
1: get way and you will get me, but separately. So I will be live at 1 p.m. Eastern time with John Ceno chatting all of the latest news. And we will get some of his thoughts uh, because he was at the Hammerstein Ballroom on Sunday night uh, for a live perspective of the GCW event. And then Rewind Away drops Tuesday night with Way, Chris Ely and Nate Milton. That will be available exclusively to post-wrestling cafe members. And then we will reunite on Wednesday,
0: Mr. Ten. Oh, it's only uh 20 about a little over 24 hours away John, so the countdown um, begins. Countdown begins, yeah. All right, thanks everyone
1: for joining us live and that is it for us. Have a good night.